Welcome to the Unestablished Podcast, a podcast about the unexplained shenanigans of adulthood. Adulting is challenging, but with a little wine and an unfiltered conversation, we'll get through this together. Each week, we will discuss the perceptions of what it means to live the broke rich lifestyle as an unestablished adult. Living broke rich is not just about monetary assets. There are levels of this shit. Now, here are your hosts, Constance, Jawanda, and Monique. Today, we will be joined by Leslie Langley, a longtime friend of ours, also known as the Hope Dealer. The Hope Dealer LLC is committed to cultivating a safe space and providing resources for women of all ages to grow into the best versions of themselves possible. We do this through authenticity, integrity, and empowerment. Leslie Langley is a life coach, self-defense, and martial arts instructor, model, and award-winning sales specialist. Some of the services that are offered by the Hope Dealer are self-defense classes, career coaching, brand coaching, sales coaching, and general life coaching. Leslie began her journey as a self-defense instructor and life coach because she wanted to help empower survivors to thrive rather than just survive. Leslie is a survivor of domestic violence, sexual assault, and cancer. You can connect with Leslie on Instagram at the.hope.dealer. No, <laughs> I don't want none of your time. No, no. I don't no. want no scrub. A scrub is a guy who can't get no love from me. Mm. Hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride, trying to holler at me. No, scrub. No, scrub. no. no. <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. I cannot. <laughs> Yes, you can. You better be glad I didn't do that uh, that rap part they love to bleep the fuck out of. I tried to can, right. but I can't. I tried to can, but I can't. Hey. You hey, made that song. And that's on Mary Had a Little Lamb. For real. Who rose from the dead today? Can I get hey. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He is Hallelujah. risen. He is arisen. Today is his day. The third day. He rose from the dead. To save our heathen behinds from our kins. All right. Well, welcome, welcome, everybody. The wine of the week is Roscato that we found out was a brand. <laughs> so, yes, uh, it's actually sweet red, not Roscato. Yeah. My bad. So, I definitely have, I got the smooth red blend. And the only reason why I got the smooth red blend was because. I think the sweet red was only 7%, but the smooth red blend was like 12 or 14. Oh, girl, you're going to be drunk. You know, I only she do percentages. It got to be nine and a half or higher. I didn't even check percentages. My my sad ass looking at prices because the Riscato was like $11.99, $12.99. I was like, oh, well, since Riscato is actually a brand and not the what I'm looking for, we just looking at sweet reds. I was like, oh. Let me hit up this Behringer because I know I like her. And she was $5.99, so I had no problem with that. And she 10.5% alcohol. Okay. Now, if Snaps I would have known, I would have definitely went with the Behringer. But I was trying to be a part, a team player. I'm sorry, friend. I, so. I, I apologize. That was my error. That's my it's error. Okay. It's okay. I didn't follow instructions, so we, we're not going to So you're not that. wise. Okay. <laughs> But you brought wine to the party, though. But you brought wine to the party. I did. I have um, Winkin Owl Sweet Red from Aldi. Shout out to the A-L-D-I. Yes, for the two ninety five wine. Oh, yeah. Coming in clutch. It will get you snatched in a box. Yes, Lord. And in your budget. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for episode two, we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. Um, This is a, a... topic that Leslie was adamant that we needed to discuss and we all felt that it was imperative that we discuss this. Well, I'll say that I'm very new to this. I, before you had talked about it, I had never actually heard of imposter syndrome before and I, and it didn't sound good. <laughs> so I was kind of really? nervous when you brought it up. I was like, well, I, I had never heard of it. I mean, once we, you know, talked about it and, and discussed it, I was like, oh, I mean, Lord knows I've experienced it on more than one occasion. Um, 
but didn't ever put a name to it. I think for me, because I realized just how many um, of my friends actually suffer from imposter syndrome. I myself uh, find myself <clears throat> dealing with it a lot too. But once I uh, <clears throat> once I really sat down and thought about it, you know, once I launched my business, once I started doing all the things I was doing, and I I was making my price list for the services that I offer, and I realized how much cheaper. I was going to be charging than what the market average is for a life coach and a motivational speaker. And I was like, bro, I'm shorting myself. I was going to do 50 to $75 a session. And the minimum that you should charge is 100 to 150. And I'm just like, you know, that really like per session. And I was just trying to count other people's pockets. And I was like, you know, I'm not qualified enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough, but I am, you know, like I've taken the certifications. I've done this even at my job. And so, you know, I thought it was really important that we should address it. Um, because there's so many people who don't believe in themselves, who are constantly overlooking their own accomplishments and accolades because they're comparing themselves to everybody around them, not realizing that they're just as, if not more qualified than the people that they're esteeming. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. So I agree. And I definitely want to, for those who don't know, like us, I'm with Constance. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I definitely experienced it. Um, can we just have a definition of what it is? Um, I think I pulled it up from Merriam Webster, um, as far as like what it was and it's called imposter syndrome or some people call it imposter phenomenon. Um, and it's just commonly understood. It says that it's commonly understood as a false and sometimes crippling belief that one success, um, or successes are the product of luck or fraud rather than skill. And um, I know that a lot of, especially women or black people in general or black women feel like that they get to these places just because they just happen to know somebody or they don't feel like they are qualified, but they just happen to get there. So now they got to fake the part until they actually basically fake it until you make it that's so hard it's so easier said than done right <clears throat> and so i started um collecting like positive affirmations to kind of help transition through that period of faking it until you make it because at some point i'm sure you have to have a reality conversation with yourself like look are we really faking it or are we actually <laughs> or are we making it like, or are we actually making it I think yeah but that takes proving it to mm -hmm. yourself like for me the moment when I realized like no I really am capable like I am accomplished I am this I had to sit down and remind myself who the, am I allowed to am I allowed to cuss on this Psh, okay look I ain't know I had to remind myself who the fuck I was you know what I mean like I had to really sit down and remind myself like nah like you do this you do that like you're good at what you do and remind myself of what i do that other people can't because realistically there's always somebody who looks up to us um and so i just had to remind myself of why you know there's a reason why people seek me as an expert in my field there's a reason why people seek right. me out for this it's not just because of happenstance or external factors like Nah, I'm knowledgeable in what I do and I'm good at what I do. So, you know, I just I just really had to sit down with myself and, and be real. Like, nah, like you you bring the whole table. <laughs> you okay. bring the whole table. It's a whole entire all you can eat buffet over here. And you brought <laughs> that, sis. So let's can can anybody specifically talk about a time that they actually experienced um, imposter syndrome oh before we do that I do want to bring up um where it came from that it's not considered like a mental health condition so don't think that it's just something that people go through and that it came from an article that was written in the journal of psychotherapy by Pauline Clance and Suzanne Ines and it was basically targeted towards women 
And then in 1998, Pauline Clance wrote a new article with Joe Langford to follow up with the article saying that there was no statistical difference between men and women when it came to imposter syndrome. So I think with that being said, who do you think is better at faking it? I think there's more of a societal mm. pressure mm-hmm. on men to fake it, honestly. Men mm-hmm. aren't really allowed. I, I can see that. I can see that. Men really aren't allowed to not be enough or to be able to yeah. confront their shortcomings openly. You know what I mean? There's less right. of a, a stigma very, yeah. with women um, with women well, opening up about stuff like that or feeling inadequate. Well, because it's like we're allowed to we're allowed to right. feel. And I think that's, that's part of the problem for guys. They're not allowed to feel anything <laughs> except, you know, strength and happiness. Like, they're not, they're not, I mean, for real though. Like, I mean, it sounds sad and they wonder, I mean, that's why I get, nerd, I get annoyed with dudes. I'm like, oh my God, it is okay for you to not be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's normal. I feel not okay for reasons unknown. I mean, shit, earlier today, I just wanted to cry for no damn reason. I'm about to cry. I thought it was the wine or something. <laughs> I did cry for Maybe no the celebration of Jesus today that has you, you know what I my mean? soul. Like, but I thought is- I was about to cry for Jesus. See what I'm saying? All that, it just overtakes us, and I don't care. And I will cry at the drop of a hat, and it's over because I didn't cry. But they can't do that. And Lord knows they can't do that at work. Some of them don't mm-hmm. even feel comfortable enough doing it at home. See, that's the sad so, part. It is. Yeah, it's- a safe haven where you can do... Whatever you need to do to conquer the world the next day. Right. Well, see, yeah. this is why I kind of feel like it might be like a, a, not a trauma response, but I mean, like, you just raised to not. Like, some people say, you know, suck it up and be a man and don't cry. Like, they make it seem like being a guy is, it's all about not feeling things. So why wouldn't that carry over into, you know, and I can only speak from the outside looking in because I'm not a dude and I don't know what they go through, but this is just what I see. Well, it's all about them feeling um, emasculated. Is that the right word? Yeah. 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 So I think that's a societal pressure for them not to feel that way. Um, But it is believed that 70, at least 70% of people will experience imposter syndrome. Um, I can say it sort of hit the nail on the head when you were like feeling like you, like everything you do is like uh, luck. Because I have had help to get doggone near every job I feel like I've had. Mm. So I, so when I finally got, you know, got another job and yes, I had help, like, you know, connections were there. I didn't even register like that. The interview got me the job and that I was the one in the interview. Like I just assumed because of who I knew, they just gave me the job. And then when I got there, I would blame any success that I had on, I mean, just, just minuscule shit. Like, oh, they were just having a good day that day, so that's why their test scores were so high. Oh, well, these kids are already really smart, so that's why 70% of my girls did well. Not because I was the like, first black female teacher they had had, and I had been pumping them up for months before their tests, and that I was, you know, actually teaching them well. That you actually contributed to their success. Right, I, I didn't, but you are I didn't a whole educator it. out here, ma'am. You can't. You have to. But be... I didn't give myself no credit at first. I yeah. was like, "Well, I, this is my first year. I don't know what I'm doing." Like, I didn't give myself credit for the natural talent that I have as a teacher. Like, looking back on it now, I'm like, "Honey, I'm just made for this." Like, Lord, I hate, the, I hate the money, and I hate that I hate the money because I don't ever want to leave this because <laughs> this is my thing. God, dog it. I'm like you, Liz. Like, I had to remind myself who the fuck I am. <laughs> teacher. I'm a bomb Did you just cut your pearls? Did you just <laughs> Honey, listen. This job ain't for the faint hearted, okay? Mm. And it ain't I love me. my little people. Oh, so back to my question, I guess uh, I guess Constance kinda answered it. But when was do you guys can you recall a time that you had imposter syndrome specifically? Well, like I think Anytime I do a motivational speaking gig or anytime, you know, I'm asked for advice or anytime, like, I book any kind of anything, like, even modeling, I feel like I'm not blank enough. Like, there's no way that I actually bring X, Y, and Z to the table. But, you know, like, I think 
that's one thing I've had to learn is like in those moments I really gotta I gotta give myself a pep talk because I do think that the enemy will try to fill your head with lies and prohibit you from walking in your purpose um by making you second guess yourself like everybody's gonna find out that I'm not qualified enough I'm not this enough like we even see it throughout all the scripture like most of the people that got called I'm actually all of the people got called was like I mean you know like are you sure about this like I'm not blank enough and Mm so um yeah I think I think anytime there's something big any kind of interview any kind of anything um I start second guessing myself I'm like yo somebody gonna find out that I'm really not as like I'm really not as qualified or I'm not blank enough like whatever it is enough to be doing this which I think is kind of weird in a way because I see you well personally I can't speak for everybody else in the group but I see you as one of the confident most confident people that are in our in our group so I it kind of I guess it kind of agreed or just makes me feel like huh how do you feel this way when you present yourself as this confident woman like on any platform whether it's in person or on social media or when you take pictures and do like your modeling gigs like i just feel like you present yourself as someone who is confident and who would maybe not experience that in the aspects of i guess of the things that we see you do yeah it's i think it's easy to execute but then it's the thought process mm-hmm. after the fact that lingers and it's like the lasting effect of imposter syndrome. So I really hype myself up the book leading up to it. Once I do whatever I do, like, I'm like, all right, that's it. Like, we lit. Yeah, it's out like, there. Like, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm it. But like leading up to it, I think I started modeling to overcome my fear because I didn't feel like I was pretty enough. Like, because I... I didn't see a lot of women in the media who are plus size shaped the way that I'm shaped. Like my body wasn't being glorified in on social media in the media period. And so I started modeling to overcome that fear, um, to force myself into feeling pretty enough. Um, I started speaking to force myself into that. So I think some of the most beautiful things in life are on the other side of fear. It's just a matter of conquering that. So anytime I start feeling fear, second guessing myself, I know that this is somewhere I'm supposed to apply myself 10 times harder because there's a breakthrough on the other side of that. And I think when we do that, when we really apply ourselves and push ourselves, it opens the door for people who come after us. You know what I mean? Like I've had a couple of people reach out to me and say, you know, I started modeling because I saw you model. I had never seen anybody who looked like me model before and so you know like that really means a lot I I always say like if just one person is touched by anything that I do if one life is changed like that's good enough for me right I'm with you on that you know I am if you can just touch one just one (laughs) then you have done nine and a half or or bigger right I mean nine and a half or higher sorry I had to take it back (laughs) but I, I like I like what you said about like pushing yourself because I think that's really how we conquer that, that feeling and, you know, not being complacent. I think that's one thing I really had to figure out. Like I started to realize, like, especially in teaching, when you start to get this rhythm about yourself and you're doing the same thing every year and you you know, your kids change. So you got to change and that's okay. It's good to change. It's good to not have to do the same thing all the time. And now that I'm, looking at how to change and it makes me give more of a damn like I have like I I don't mind staying up till 12 a.m putting stuff together researching things for my kids figuring out what books I think they should read figuring out what strategies I need to teach my kid even though I got to get up at five you know the next morning to teach them that I don't care because if 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 somebody gets that look on their face like oh I got it I understand it then I've done my damn job Mm. And I feel good. And I go home and I can sleep real well because I know somebody understood. Somebody got that trigonometry. 
What me? I was like multiplication or division. I was always a kid that would like do extra stuff in the classroom, and the teacher would be like, "You need to pay attention." And so I would not pay attention, and then I would still get it, and she would be so mad. Like <laughs> basically, I put all this time and came up with this strategy, and you just you know doing your own thing. Honey, th- th- I don't mind them cheering. Them cheering make me happy. Look, I don't care. Do you understand? Do you know what you're doing? Because at the end of the day, these are your grades and that's your test. So as long as you know what to do, we cool. If you don't know what to do, come see me. Honey, I've had a child sleep through my class. A's on everything. What? That's cool. Slept through everything. And I was like, whatever. He's internalizing as he sleeps. <laughs> when y'all can learn to do that, then you can sleep then in you my can class. You sleep on, baby. <laughs> but the rest of y'all can't do that. When y'all sleep, y'all gone. Yeah. You don't get nothing. Then I got to reteach you. I ain't got time. Um, so, Mo, what's your yeah. experience? So, I am living through my imposter syndrome currently. Because I feel like... um I've always felt like I had to do a certain thing as far as like career wise. About to preach, I feel it. Mm-hmm. For what I thought was of stature, what meant the most. Like, and I now I'm realizing nine to five is not going to be the rest of my life. I'm almost to the point where I could probably quit next week and I will be perfectly fine because I get a hustle, get out here, and as long as I wake up happy, that's all that matters to me. So I'm creating this new life that I see that is this the focal point is me being happy versus me trying to chase a dollar, me trying to do what I think others um, see that I should do, like what others think I should do. So how that embodies imposter syndrome, like I hope you can make the connection because that's me. Like I feel like, oh. Mm. I get that because you kind of like, it's kind of like, I feel like I'm not capable or worthy of stepping outside of the nine to five, of of creating my own happiness, my own uh, workflow versus what others think I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And I'm comfortable where I'm at. It's easy. But that is my imposter syndrome because I'm sticking where comfort is versus what makes right. me happy. So I'm constantly telling myself, like, girl, you have a good job. You have good benefits. You have blah, 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 blah. You should make this work. But n- no, that's the imposter because I'm just like, but you can go out here and create this company. You can go out here and create this life that you love. So I'm worthy enough to go and do that. I'm capable enough to go and do that. Well, they say that when you get to that point of feeling comfortable is when you should start making moves. Like that's when you should start doing the things that you feel like are impossible for you. And that's where I'm at. Yeah. So if you definitely feel that way, then, you know, it's not, it's not good to be, I guess, comfortable to a place where you just feel like you can just kick back. Yeah. Nothing good comes from comfort zones. We gotta, we gotta get comfortable with being uncomfortable because I feel like that's where the success lies. And I, I ain't crazy about it either, Monique. But you know what's what was wild. But it's your purpose whole, though. There's I know there's strength in that. And I this is not it and I know that. So right. I be ready to cry on Monday Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I mean Thursday, Friday, every morning. But listen, I'm ready to shed purpose, tears. Even with a purpose. Even with a purpose. I, I know that God called me to teach. I got that. I know this. This is what I have been put on this earth for. But there is a struggle in it too. There's a struggle in it too, okay? Because I love getting up, going to see my kids. The kids ain't what get on my nerves. It ain't cheering to kill me. It's the politics. It's the adults. It's the politics in it that kills me. And I, I can tell you, if I had known that this is what education was really like, I would have never been a teacher. I could have gone into corporate America and been fine because it's the same bullshit. It's honestly even worse because the people who make these dumbass decisions really believe they're helping children. Well, at least they pretend to. They don't actually give a fuck about children or teachers for that matter. Mm. But, but I, but I'll say this: I, I, I didn't even get on that tangent. But just listening to y'all talk, the imposter syndrome is wild. It is extremely internal because looking at y'all, I mean, all of y'all been doing the damn thing from my perspective. Like I felt like I wasn't shit because I was just a just a fucking teacher. 
you know, like I picked the easy fucking profession to just jump into ain't nothing where I'm easy always about gonna being be a needed. teacher, Constance. It ain't easy about being a teacher, but I can get a job anywhere. Like people need me because this this profession is fucking raggedy. Sorry. It's fucking raggedy. I can go anywhere and teach because don't nobody want to do this shit. Like y'all have gone out on branches in my mind. Joanna, you and Monique both left South Carolina to chase what you wanted Mm. to make yourself happy. Like you didn't mind uprooting yourself and doing that shit. And Leslie, honey, if you want it, you fucking go get it. If you passionate about something, you fucking do it. It may, it may take you more time in your mind, but when I see you're passionate about something, you jump on that thing. So the imposter syndrome is legit in y'all's heads. Nothing but success in all of y'all. Are you trying I see to, nothing but success in y'all. Are you no, trying to describe how I feel? Absolutely. No, 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 no. Of course not. With all of due course. disrespect. So I want you to know, I, and this is for everybody, like this that I know is conquerable. Because it's in our own heads. Because we look at each other and see success in each other, even if we don't see it in ourselves. But I think that's why it's also important to have like-minded friends who really who will also remind you of who the fuck you are when you start to forget. Sure. Like... You have to first tell them you're there, though. Like, you can't just <laughs> you're be right, out here. <laughs> y'all know me. I'm good for just reminding you you the shit. Whether y'all tell me or not. No, I'm saying you have to oh. be comfortable with your friends to tell them, hey, I'm having these thoughts. I'm in this space. If you're not comfortable enough, then I don't really know friends. what this is. I mean, people have different levels of friends. I'm not talking to say like us. But I I'm mean, that's not true. Because the people. I, I am, I'll raise my hand as the person that will try to figure this shit out myself. Instead of trying to worry with y'all with my problems. And, and that's going to get you far. Yeah, you are. You are. I will, fight you. I will sit in it and I will stew in it and I will be in it. <laughs> and I will not tell you anything because I personally feel like you got your own stuff you're going through. I got my own stuff I'm going through. And I'm not about to bother you with my problems. But like, it shouldn't be a bother. If, it's not if a the bother. your friend. It's not a bother. Like, we... <laughs> Y'all remember last week when Leslie got that call at 11 o'clock. Like, y'all could call. We could call each other at 11 with any issue. But if you are an associate, bitch, you better be on your way to the ER if you're calling me that late about anything. Oh, Lord. Um, so my instance of imposter syndrome is um, when I graduated and I got a job and... And I was with these people who have been working for decades. Like, I was like the first person to get hired straight out of college. And I was working with these people who have been working for decades. <laughs> and so that that was... They're and most of them, Well, most of them have been working for decades. Some of them, I do have young people who work with me too. Um... But they have also been working for at least five years. I mean, they they ain't new. So I just felt like nervous and I'm just like, I don't know because there's so many things in that aspect. Like, I don't know the answer to this. Like, am I supposed to be doing this? Is this okay? Like, how do I make this go? And then in the beginning, I was just like, what small stuff I may not ask the question to and I would just look it up. The answer, when I could probably just ask somebody, and they probably wouldn't feel like, oh, this girl is stupid. She don't know what she's talking about. Yeah, that's the worst when you feel like somebody would judge you because of something that you don't know. Ain't nobody finna feel like that about you because you got these hands behind you. Ain't nobody finna feel that. But that's a workplace thing. Because, I mean, they love to say, oh, we're a family. Oh, there are no stupid questions. But then you'll have that raggedy heifer. Like, this bitch. Can you believe this bitch be asked me so and so and so? Yeah. So that's a workplace thing, I, and I hate, I hate that. There's always that. one. But you bust your butt to get there. Like you're more than qualified to be there. You know how to make ointment. Like shut up. <laughs> that's my favorite part. <laughs> right, that's Davis. the only thing I remember. She makes the from, best drugs. If you need anything, she got the shit. Get her. I'm, I'm the hope dealer. She the drug dealer. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Heavens. But I think also another thing was that 
in my process of going through graduate school, I had so many like mental health issues as far as like maybe going through some undiagnosed depression or um, you know, no suicidal thoughts or anything like that. But right. you know, like I had like death like happen like my first week of pharmacy school and then the anniversary came up, so that happened and then like other things happened while in school and I it had affect me. And it also affected my grades in school. So I felt like what I knew or who I was as a professional wasn't reflected on my transcripts because I had to struggle at night sometimes between studying or being depressed. You know what I mean? Or yeah. feeling bad about myself or trying to figure out why my life is this way. And if I'm supposed to be going through my purpose, then why is it so hard? So... When I got the opportunity to be in this space that I am, like, like if I was to tell, if I was to go and find, like, someone that's in my profession, has been working for, like, 30 years and told them what I do, they would just be like, sign me up. Or if I was to told some, tell somebody, like, who's still in school what I do, they'd be like, sign me up. How could I get there? Because the job that I have is just, it's not as stressful as a typical pharmacist job like in the hospital or in retail or wherever it's just not an environment that will cause you to be like i gotta get out of here this is horrible yeah that's good I also, so it just i was just gonna say it just makes you feel like am you are you supposed to be here because you're in an environment that somebody that's close to retirement or somebody that's been working for years supposed to be that's called favor i was about to say favor ain't damn in favor is not mm, fair but it blood. looks damn good oh it does. <laughs> the blood child the blood i also want to mm-hmm. encourage you because i think one yes, thing that i girl. really learned overcoming adversity is the character cultivated in the struggle in the valleys is the character necessary when rejoicing on the mountaintops Mm, like, <laughs> if you didn't go through the I'm things serious. that you went through and everything would just be handed to you and you didn't have to struggle, you didn't have to go through that hurt and stuff like that. Like, my favorite scripture of all time, it, it's in Isaiah, and it says, I have refined you, but not as silver is refined. I have refined you in the furnace of suffering. And so suffering is what produces the character of Christ in us. Um it's what humbles us. It's what produces that long suffering, that love, the fruits of the spirit, that patience, um, because we experience it. And so we're better able to be image bearers for Christ to the next person as they go through the struggle. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And so I just want to encourage you because what could have broke you made you stronger. Like what could have, stunted your growth fertilized you mm, mm. like some people would have called it quits going through some of the stuff you went through like some people could have some some people would have there was nothing easy about the things yeah. that you went through in pharmacy school and so i think even as being your friend like i took that for granted um because you do handle yourself with dignity and poise and grace even when faced with adversity like you do figure shit out um, yeah, and then we still come to you with our problems. And do like, and she um, and you still be there for us. Yeah, like dang, but she didn't tell me nothing. I mean, I have no problem with listening to other people and their problems. I enjoy it. I like helping people find their way, <laughs> find a solution. I also, learn to let loose. You can't, you can't fill up somebody else's cup when you ain't got nothing. Yes. Oh, I you gotta I allow you. yourself. Ooh about to speak in tongues you have to allow (laughs) yourself to receive the level of glove the level of love that you so freely give i'm gonna say it again because i stumbled over my words that's hard you have to allow yourself to receive the level of love that you so freely give and it is hard and i think it comes from imposter syndrome too like we're not worthy of their love you know we have this warped image of self um of self-worth because we don't really know who we are and whose we are and so we have right. to really be intentional in overcoming those lies and fighting those lies with truth, uh, with not just sitting in them, you know? Like, we have to be intentional. Like, nothing happens by happenstance. Like, we really have to be intentional in 
shaping the way that we view ourselves and those around us, um, as well as the experiences that we go through. Like we have to be intentional yeah. in the thoughts that we think about those too, you know? I have several people around me, well, several people in the past have told me, oh, like you're such a great example of perseverance. And I'm just like, I'm out here just trying to make it. What straight, what badge <laughs> do you see on me that says she wins in perseverance? Like she's the <laughs> prototype of, no. Cause I'll be following Where? One thing's happened, one thing happens, and I just try to pick myself back up. But everybody don't do that. I mean, everybody just don't do that. Like, misery love company, and there are people who like to sit in it. Some people will sit in those problems and make them problems, your problems, because you will listen to them, and they will drag you down, and they will stay mm. there. Like, they refuse to help themselves because they want somebody to hand them something. They want somebody to drag them up out of it. I'm not saying that. I was like, don't none of us do that. There I'm people, taking this for granted. It ain't none of you. But I, I know that there are people out there who love to be up in drama. Yes. All the time. Yes, sure. we all, all know. All the time. Yeah, I'm like, always wrong. I realize, Dang. like, I, 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 I do don't that? mind talking about drama, but I don't want to. Some people <laughs> live in drama. <laughs> Some people live in drama land and don't ever want to be delivered. They don't ever want to move. They don't even want to go to the corner store. They like to sit in drama land in their drama house forever. Drama forever. They put up okay. a tent concert. They drama children. And drama man. Oh, shots fired. Damn, dramas. shots fired. Watching TV drama. Who go? Who finna check me? I can't. Nobody. Okay. Nobody. I think what Monique said was a good uh, segue into like listing the characteristics of imposter syndrome. So this is from um, VeryWellMind.com. So it listed some characteristics of imposter syndrome as self-doubt uh, and inability to realistically assess your competence and skills, uh, attributing your success to external factors berating your performance, fear that you won't live up to expectations, overachieving, sabotaging your own success, and setting up very challenging goals and feeling disappointed when you fall short. Feeling disappointed when you fall short is me in pharmacy school. So I definitely felt that way and I definitely feel like I felt like I was not gonna make it and I felt like I was not gonna have a job. But did you finish though? And were we there to celebrate? And did we and did turn you up? get a job? And like, did you get it right. immediately? Like you almost were annoyed at how much <laughs> your stuff you moved back. <laughs> so I'm gonna to pick that shit back up and move back to Virginia. <laughs> and then it was so quick, girl. You were like, "Gosh, dog, it just move on." <laughs> so the thing about the job is that, like, I interviewed for that job in February, and then she mm -hmm. was like. She was the PIC and she was like, I'm going to recommend you for the job. And I was just like, okay. And then I had to go through this whole process of trying to go through like a, like a recruiter for like grad, like students or whatever. Mm. And this lady was like MIA. She would like step in and be like, Hey girl, the job's still yours if you want it, but we are working on some paperwork. Then I tried to follow up with her ghost. Then I was just like, the PIC can't do anything because that's not, you know, there's nothing she can do. So she was just like, we just have to wait on them. And then, like, the lady went ghost and then something happened in her family and she went on, like, LOA. And then I just happened, they happened to assign me with another lady who I've interacted with before. And she was great. By the time she, in like a month, she like hooked me up and I was able to move. So I felt like, I felt like it was God's way of setting me up because I'm glad I went home because, mm -hmm. um, for one, I was broke. <laughs> uh, As we all have been at some point in our life. I can relate. <laughs> no, I was broke, right? Okay. <laughs> when whoever, whoever was sending me graduation money, you, you just don't know how that helps me. Okay. $20? Oh, that's enough. I can get some gas with that. Okay. But um, I think it was set up because um, I had to study to take those exams. And I think me being hey. at home. Not your flash of money on the podcast. <laughs> and 
Tonight you're going to do it. <laughs> extra, extra. Okay. Read the news. My, my cash app is open. My still. cash app, my mm. bill, okay. my PayPal, my, my Apple Venmo. Pay, my Venmo. If you would like to donate to a broke teacher fund, <laughs> um, the door and, 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 and bank If you is just want open. to donate to me Anyways, because continue. I continue. <laughs> Sorry, I like to shop. I just like to shop. I just I have, to live. I have student loans. I too have been plagued by the student <laughs> loan monster. I'm pretty sure I got 10 times. Probably. Say, I'm Probably. I can't tell you about my student loans on camera. On a recorded school. line. This, this call is being recorded. <laughs> there is no trip. funds available to... <laughs> We are still broke. Uh. Thank you. <laughs> so just me going home, I think it set me up to be able to um, to be able to get my licenses so I could practice and make money. Right. We're so, not gonna talk about the sabotaging your own success. We don't have to talk about that. But we can. I think the biggest way I sabotage my own success is I just don't do it. I've been supposed to record a podcast. I, I mean, I was supposed to have recorded content and put out YouTube content and social media content for over a year now. I've had my LLC for six months now. I haven't even published my podcast. I mean, my price list. And yet I'm still booked. Hey, I'm busy. I'm busy. Booked and busy, girl. Oh damn! That procrastination be a whole. Heck on it. yes! <laughs> it just be awful. I, I do it in so many avenues. I have taught. I've tried to change careers so many times. It is sad. Like as much as I try and change in my career, I am. I'm so comfortable where I'm at. It's not. It's it's awful. It's that it's, thing it's, of being comfortable it again. Is, it's awful. Like I I'm uncomfortable in certain situations within the comfort of my job, but. I know this job ain't going nowhere. Like, I know it's not going nowhere. And I like the people I work with. Like, when I go to this place, like, no question is a stupid question. Like, I can ask the same question four times in the same month. And they're going <laughs> to answer me every time. They're going to answer me every time. Are you saying that you would, you want to leave teaching altogether? Or you want to maybe try, like, at a college level, collegiate level? Teach me. Oh, no. Honey, I want to leave teaching altogether. altogether. Okay. But I'm so afraid of failing at whatever I go to next. But that's the joy that of life. I won't, I won't make that leap. I won't make it. I'm, I'm so nervous that I'm going to suck at whatever it is. And that, and I'm almost so scared that I won't be good at anything other than teaching that it has to be in that avenue. Like I feel like I have to go into some training position wherever I go because I, I feel like I just can't. Failing forward. What do you do when you fail? Um, I, I let what you think of the again. <laughs> yeah, I evaluate, figure out what what happened to cause that, and then if I had a chance to attempt it again, then I, you know, go at it informed. You know, data driven. Like, I'm looking at what the fuck did I fuck up this time? Let me not fuck up that way the second I time. Think I guess. Right. The first thing I had to do was let go of what I think other people are saying about me in that moment. Like, Yo. a lot of times I feel like mm. I try something, I fail, and you feel like the whole world knows that you didn't succeed at this thing. Nobody. And my therapist was like, girl, nobody knows anything unless you tell them. So. I'm going to tell you. Cre- you can create this version of you that you want people to see. I mean, it is what it is. Pick yourself social back media. up. Social media. You got to put everything up there. Everything, right. Social media is everybody's perfect version of, of them. themselves. I don't know. My yes. brand really prides itself on uh, its transparency. Always has. And I mean, we all, yeah. I mean, people do. Ooh, but trans- even that is still, transparent moments. No, even that is still kind of like the perfect version of my transparency. But a lot of, yeah, a lot of times, like, people yeah. will put their transparency after they overcame whatever they overcame. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, that's why I ain't posting that when I was going through chemo. I couldn't do it. And I mean, as as much as people, you know, you talk about wanting to be transparent, everybody don't deserve your transparency. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, like, everybody, like, I understand. Because there will like, be judgment. I feel like you, to a certain if you felt extent, the need. Yeah. 
and I'm going to say now, if you felt like you wanted to share your journey to help others who are going through the same thing and that's your business, fine. But everybody don't. You can't be you transparent know, about everything. don't deserve to know. You can't. You just can't be transparent about everything with everybody because people are fucking mean. They are. And they're hateful. Facts. And they and they always have opinions about shit that ain't got nothing to do with them. And unfortunately, when you put it on social media, you invite anybody. Because when, when, when it's on social media, it's everybody's business. You it's okay. Everybody's I do business. Pull up. <laughs> See, I don't. I'm a lover. I'm a lover too. Okay. Which is why I don't put nothing I on social hard. media. Real hard with my hands. I, I put I put like two or three posts a year. On you don't media. be on the social media. <laughs> but then I feel on Instagram and. Facebook. But I do think it's also important for our mental stability to a a lot a certain amount of time to grieve like a, a failed opportunity or a missed opportunity. You know, like I don't think it, it's fair to just throw ourselves into it again. You know what I mean? Like I get if. For example, I applied for a promotion, didn't get the promotion, it's cool, because I prayed, and I was like, God, if it's not me, like, if it's not for me, then throw it. He threw it, and so it's okay. But, you know, yeah. like, I, I gave myself an hour to just kind of be like, yo, this sucks. And I was like, all right, bet, what's next? Mm-hmm. And then God was like, but was that a part of the vision for your future that I showed you? And I was like, wow, God, mind your business. You all up in my, all up in my, <laughs> my business, God. A little too close. Right. There. I need my toes. Stay off my toes, please. Dang. <laughs> Meekness. Meek. Gentle. Gentle. <laughs> wow. Am I reading the Bible or is the Bible reading me? Like, let's talk about it. Come on. <laughs> the library is open. And I'm here for a good read. <laughs> okay. Not to be read. I know you spell read and read the same way, but come on. <laughs> I would like my edges back, please. (laughs) (laughs) Not the edges, man. God gave me my edges and he be taking them away. So I think there's a couple of things that we have left. Um, We talked, there's a list of the different kinds of imposter syndromes. Yes. I'll talk about that. Yeah. uh, Go ahead. That that was uh, interesting to find. Um, so one one big one that really stood out to me was like the perfectionist, mm. um, and I don't think even you realize you're doing it, but even I feel like in my own chaotic way, I need things to go a certain way, and when they don't, I freak out. So you got the perfectionist. You're very micromanaging. You have trouble like delegating. You feel like it's part of when you feel like oh, if you got to do something right, you got to do it your damn self. Like, I just can't trust anyone else to do this. I got to do this right now mm-hmm. on my own. And then there's, like, the superwoman or the man. Like, you're trying to do – it's similar to the perfectionist because you got to – you feel like you got to do everything, and you just kill yourself trying to have it all. And it's nothing wrong with trying to, but, you know, there's it's almost like there's no balance there. Um, and there's the natural genius. Um, some questions for this one. Are you used to excelling without much effort? have a track record of getting straight A's or gold stars. This makes me think of like those students who like are fabulous in high school and then get to college and don't know what the fuck they're doing. I was one of those people. Mm. I'm going to tell you the story. Had no problem in grade school. Boy, got to college. Whap! Punch right in the face. With a molly whap. Oh, I actually have to study here? Study. (laughs) What's that? Apply myself. Um, Right. Like trying to figure out a way go to the homework center and that, look for a, a mentor. tutor mm-hmm. <laughs> i feel that yes girl um and like feeling shame when you are faced with a setback and like not knowing how to how to yeah. literally not knowing how to fail at all um all right and then there's the soloist and with this one saying i don't need nobody's help um thinking about requests in terms of requirements of the project rather than your needs as a person do you feel firmly that you need to accomplish things on your own a lot of these seem to follow a pattern of like in, like being very How am I all of these and not asking for help i would like to just pick one <laughs> but i'm telling you they seem to a lot of these overlap no, i would like honestly. to just pick one i'd like to not have to identify with all of them <laughs> i would like to only pick one and the last one is the expert. And these are all um, from the muse.com. 
Um, experts measure their competence based on what and how much they know or can do, believing that they will never know enough they fear being exposed as inexperienced or unknowledgeable. So like shying away from applying to a job unless you meet every single requirement, mm-hmm. seeking out trainings or certifications because you think you need to improve your skills in order to succeed. I feel like this is me. Um, even if you've been in your role for some time, can you relate to feel still feeling like you still don't know enough? Or do you shudder when someone says you're an expert? Question. Like, so I can apply mm. to a job if I don't meet all the requirements? Yes. Favor ain't fair. Yeah, girl. I'm about to start <laughs> applying. I mean, I hope nobody from my job yeah. hears this. I mean, within Mm-mm. within nope. context. I mean, nope. you know, don't be trying to be a- <laughs> right. Don't be out here lying and stuff. She said yes. no. I didn't admit it. I ain't got no bachelor's, like, but I, would, I got five I years would. of undergrad experience. <laughs> I'm shutting down my um my um, uh, webcam you know now. I'm sorry. I'm leaving the conversation. Do you want to left the chat? You might. You might be able to finagle that right there. I'm I'm a, I'm a root for you. I think you can finagle that, my girl. You can finagle that. I'm gonna just <laughs> on my on my undergraduate experience, Five 2010 till present. <laughs> as long as you put 2010 till present, you wouldn't be lying. I'm still in progress. Okay, ain't nothing wrong with that. We all nothing. works in progress. Ha, amen. But I'm with you. I, if I don't meet every single one, I'm like, mm, guess it's not for me, Lord. Moving on. Dang, I wonder how many opportunities yeah, like, we missed do out Do I quit on. or do I keep going? But I, I've, I've attempted to apply to these jobs and I didn't get the job. Yeah, so I've attempted like, to apply. I need some more experience. And I'm like, how am I supposed to get experience if you don't hire me, though? Facts. Facts. Um, let's see. What's the other thing that I wanted to talk about? Um... So, do we have anything else that we want to add about imposter syndrome and our experiences? Um, any encouraging words before we get to, like, the tips? I see this have? blurb from Harvard Business Review, and it says, Leaders must create a culture for women and people of color that addresses systematic bias and racism. Only by doing so can we reduce the experiences that culminate in so-called imposter syndrome among employees from marginalized communities or at the very least help those employees channel healthy self-doubt into positive motivation which is best fostered within a supportive work culture amen to that facts that's so valid with what constant said earlier about the imposter syndrome related to like your work environment and your work experience and mm-hmm. um i think that's even like set early on in your interview process whether the effects of the imposter syndrome is going to continue even after you get the job because you know whether they want you or not you know if they're just using you as a space filler like i don't know boo that's how my first job went i didn't realize they were using me for a space filler until they fired me in the middle of the year with no reason not they needed a reason because it was my first year teaching but Oh, damn. I didn't know. I, I guess I was so excited that I got the job so quick. <laughs> but some people probably know. I didn't realize they were being fake because I was fresh out of college. Yeah, we were so excited. My first job was a fucking setup, for real. Mine was <laughs> Overworked. I oh, felt like oh, a modern day. Okay, I'm not going to use that word, but yeah, you get what I'm saying. I do. I know you're Overworked, right. underpaid, a modern day Mona Lisa stressed out. No. Sure. Just sure, put me in some rag clothes and call okay. it what it is. I know what you meant, Minty. <laughs> anyway, <I'm... laughs> all I can say is just know that this is this is very much something that can be overcome. And it it doesn't mean it's there's a cure for it. It means that you have to work through it like you do anything else in life. You're going to have to unprogram Mm -hmm. these thoughts. You're going to have to stop with the negative talk and like as soon as it comes to your head, you're going to start making a habit of... Addressing it. Really, I don't know what... Yeah, really, recursive rebuking it in the name of Jesus or whoever. 
you pray to. Combating it with the Just rebuking the it, truth. saying, no, nah, get away from me. That's not real. And, and replace it with a positive thought. What is it? Because um, my counselor told me about something. It's like anytime you have a thought and it's negative, is it true? Is it helpful? And is it kind? Like running yes. every thought through that kind of like filter. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? Right. And if all those are no, if any of those is a no. those is no, then if if any of those is a no, then. That's just your you beating up yourself. Or beating so somebody stop. else up. I am going to make me <laughs> something that says that on my desk. That's cool. Yes. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it kind? That needs to be your next. You is true. You is helpful. You is kind. You is kind. <laughs> okay, speak that truth to them thoughts. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Woo! Thoughts with a huge G. I mean, they got a huge G. I don't know. Hey, take a second Um, to ground yourself. Like, for real, for real. Find your center and find what brings you joy. Stop letting your joy and your happiness be solely controlled by external factors. Like, Mm, at some point, you just got to get content where you at and what you got and with who you are. And, and don't be afraid to mm-hmm. talk about your feelings. Now, this doesn't mean you have to go to therapy, okay? Not that, because I, I definitely love the believe therapy. in therapy. Therapy's we all do. We call sign therapy. We all believe in it, and that's a whole nother episode. But I can't afford it right now. So Shout out to my girl. you that can't, I understand you. But you need to have your person. You need to have somebody. I don't care if it's your mama, your brother, your sister, one good friend. You need to have somebody you can talk to honestly about your feelings, about whatever it is you're going through, because holding that stuff in will really drag you down yes. into a deep depression, and it is not fucking fun. It's so easy to get in depression, and it's so Indeed. hard to come up out of it. Yeah. I have it's that one friend that I go to, and I'm just like, okay, this is one of those conversations we take to yes. the grave. If I right, ever right. hear yes. something come out, I know where it came from. <laughs> exactly, like... <clears throat> I also think it's important to have those conversations and communicate with your friends and let them know if you're actually seeking advice or if you just need to vent. Yes. 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 Um, I've got, I've been okay. So this is a hot being, topic. This is well, I've seen people like on TikTok saying, let's normalize when we con- have a conversation. Like you don't have to tell me how you relate to me or like, <laughs> you don't have to come back with your story. Like I just need to talk trash right now. Yeah. And I'm bad about that. So then so, are, so, I've, I've learned to just shut up. Should we tell like, each other that at the start I of the think conversation? So. Um, you just be like, listen, I need to vent. I need to rant right now. I just feel like there's some conversations that sound like someone needs help or they need assistance or they need advice, but they actually just call you to tell you how they feel about it. Because they're gonna do what they want to do at they the grow. end of the day, regardless. Right. So I think personally, when someone comes to me with that approach, I feel some kind of way when I give you advice and you're not even taking heed to anything. I'm saying I'm looking at you and you still doing the same shit you complain to me about. So that it, it messes up your relationship or the it makes the person feel like, well, why are you calling me? You wasting my time with the BS. Now, if you want to vent, that's a different story. But if you want right. to tell me you got a problem and you want to find solutions on how to fix the problem, you let me know. Because when you call me and with some conversation and you telling me you having this issue and I'm trying to give you advice about what you should do and what you shouldn't do, just be like, girl, I just called to tell you what was going on. I didn't want your advice. Just, you know, just be straight and up I with mean, me. Yeah. And there's a way to say it. <laughs> yeah. But I would, I would, I would legit. If I felt that way, I would call and be like, listen, child, I need to vent. I just got to get this off my chest. I can't hold this shit in no more. It's killing me. It's annoying the shit out of me. I need. I just want to talk to somebody. tell you what's going on in my life. Because somebody, right I now. just, I'm an external yeah. processor. Y'all know this about me. I got to talk to somebody. And it's not even because I need advice. It's just because I can't put the thoughts together right. coherently in my brain without mm-hmm. externalizing them. So whether that's talking about them or mm-hmm. writing about it, like it's got to come out somewhere. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I know I'm bad about giving advice. Me too. <laughs> you know I'm queen relatable. I'm so here. terrible. I don't. I know I am too. I'm so bad about it. I'm so. I'm sorry. 
But you can relate um, without giving advice, though. This is true, but... Just so I, the like, person doesn't feel like they're the only person in that situation. But there are sometimes, like, when you just want to vent, sometimes you don't... You don't want to hear that, that shit, shit either. Because <laughs> I've, I've been in that position, like, I'm just trying to talk my shit right now because I'm pissed. I don't really give a fuck about what you went through with Sally five years ago, okay? Because... I don't, I don't know Sally. I don't give a shit about her, and I don't give a shit about what you're going Girl. through. I'm telling you what I'm going through right now. I'm glad that you relate to me, but shut up, because I'm talking. Okay, some tips. It's <laughs> <laughs> many. Somebody honestly, please already bring her said back. A lot of these bring tips. We, we've already tell. said a lot of these tips. Just yes. organically throughout. Yeah. Well, tip number one is to recognize imposter syndrome feelings when they emerge. So, you know, recognize it handle it, and proceed. Um, rewrite your mental programs. I'm not sure what that is. I think that means just like alter your thinking. Your thoughts. So, yeah, your thought process. And and going with the recognizing your positive feelings, changing those thoughts as soon as they come about. Talk about your feelings. We talked about that. Letting people mm-hmm. know how you feel to, you know, and then consider the context, like whether this is actually, um, whether you should actually feel this way in the, in the beginning. Like, should you have these feelings of inadequacy? Because confidence and competency are two different things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, reframe failure as a learning alter, um, as a learning opportunity. So just because, like Leslie said earlier, just because you failed doesn't mean you're a failure. Um, You can, you know, learn from it and keep going. Be kind to yourself. We talked about that as well. Monique, did she, what was the, um, the three things that Leslie said? Is it true? Is it helpful? You is true. You is helpful. (laughs) You is kind. Um, seek support. So definitely reach out to your friends, loved ones, whoever it is, your mentor, and, you know, seek support. And then lastly, visualize your success. So just because you think it, you visualize it, you do it, act on it, you fail, you repeat, keep going. It's fine. Yeah, it's definitely fine. utilize a journal too. Success yes, is bred journal. in struggle. Yes, I'm a journal girl. Yes, I've always Lord, I love a good list. Because as a child, I definitely couldn't express myself the way I wanted to. So I wrote that shit down. Okay? Mm-hmm. Wrote it down. Do you guys have any encouraging words for our listeners? Baby, you only get one life to live. If you want to be a veterinarian... And a cosmetologist, do that shit. You can do all of it in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can have them animals out here looking fly. <laughs> your clients looking fly. Bank account on fleek. Whatever it is that makes you happy, do it. Do your thing. Do your thing. Leslie? Don't be afraid to bring your authentic self and... To any and every situation and also know that you wouldn't be there if you weren't supposed to be and remind yourself who the fuck you are consistently on the regular (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know I, i guess i feel like i know it's hard to trust people but I, I would encourage anybody who is feeling like, oh, I can't trust anybody to go out on a limb and, and forge that bond with someone to to truly be a friend. And and you need to figure out what that would mean to you mm. and establish those boundaries before you make a friend. So figure out what you're comfortable with, figure out what you know they're comfortable with and find yourself somebody you can have these great conversations with. Um, it's, it's nothing to take for granted and it's definitely a blessing to find at least one person in your life you can call a friend. You mm-hmm. don't need many. Facts. Yes. Facts. I can attest also, to do not lose sight of the people who fuck with you because you focused on the people who don't. 
Like, do not overlook <laughs> them. Caught up, mad because the people who you thought would support you aren't, and you lose focus on the people who do. Like, don't overlook them. Give them their flowers while they're here. Like, appreciate them, and stop complaining about people not supporting you because the ones who who do, you overlooking them. Mm. Wanda. Um, mine is uh, know your worth and add tax and shipping and handling yes. and a processing fee. That's what processing fee and gratuity that and allow extra time due to COVID nineteen mandates. Okay, don't forget gratuity. I'm gonna add gratuity okay. again. Yes, add yeah, all that. All the things. That's that's what I feel. Yes. If you feel like it's for you, it's for you. And if you were presented an opportunity, you better take it. Don't be trying not to take it because you don't feel like you're worthy of it. So jump on it and celebrate the small victories. Mm -hmm. Yes, every every victory, a victory is a victory. Damn it! If you did your hair today, celebrate that shit. That takes time and energy and and focus. Okay. Celebrate it. Take a picture. Post it. Right. Send it to if your you boo. Even, hey. If you got on the ladder of your goal, if you just open up your computer today in an attempt to do some work, it's a step. That too. It's, it's a, a step. step. Right. If there was a step in success made, celebrate that shit and then go a step further later on. Because mm. you know you can do it. It's in you. It's in you, not on you. One foot in front of the other. Yes. All right. Well, thanks, guys. This was great. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us this week on Unestablished. Be sure to catch us every week and don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on all podcast platforms. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Until next time, peace and love.